0: Welcome to the U-School Podcast, where we believe inside of everybody there is a great story waiting to be discovered and lived. This is the show where we guide you on your journey in discovering what your story could be. It's your life. Don't let anybody else write it. Hey, everybody. this uh, This is Scott Schimmel your perennial host of the U-School podcast. And uh, I'm excited today because I've got one of my top, I'll say you're my top, one of my top, top three Instagram crushes, uh, Joe Beckman. And uh, we're in this theme talking about story. And for the next two months, actually, for the next two months, we're gonna talk about story and the impact that telling a story, a compelling one can have, particularly on students, particularly in the education space. And so part of the reason... I want to have Joe on this story because I, I wanted to know his story. We've never met before, but it's been like we're circling around each other. And so, Joe, I just want to say thank you for taking some time out of your busy schedule to spend some time with us. And, uh, and maybe you can share where in the world you are because I know you travel a bunch. And then, um, and then yeah. tell us a little bit of your background, too, of what, you, what led you to working in schools, caring about students, all that stuff.
1: Yeah, well, first, I just want to say thanks. Uh, super excited that we're able to connect. It's fun. It's kind of humbling to hear that you're like, uh, we follow you on Instagram, because what <laughs> you don't know, is I heard you on a podcast years ago. What? And I was so like, connected to you and your message. And honestly, at this point, I can't remember what podcast it was. Whoa. Um, but I started following you guys at that point. And it was at one of those, I think it was about three years ago, and I was just starting to go out on my own, yeah. and create my own business and my own brand. And um, I just remember hearing you and, and thinking, man, at some point, like we need like I just that kind of dawned on me of like what we could do some really cool partnership things right now, but I was just so focused I think on mm. sort of building our own bridges at that point and like moving our own business forward that I never like really reached out um but then uh I've been following you from afar for a while, so whether <laughs> you know that or not uh, okay. that's uh that's okay,
0: so I'm excited cure, to hear the music, I'll put that in the editing <laughs> <Keep some> romantic. <laughs> <laughs> what would, awesome. yeah, what, what's the song? I don't know, like uh, I'm trying
1: to think back in my day. I don't know how old you are, but like it would have been like an Eric Clapton Wonderful Tonight or Lady oh, in
0: God. Red or something. Yes. Lady <laughs> Red. Something, like something
1: late 80s. <laughs> Definitely late 80s, yeah.
0: <laughs> well yeah, tell me, Joe, how you got into working with students. Like what's what's the drive for you? to do i know you do a lot of speaking and and assemblies and working with schools like what's behind all that yeah so um when i was in college and i
1: graduated i was a theater major and i was gonna go and light up the world through plays and through um you know film and commercials and things like that and i was auditioning all over the place and i landed a a gig at this theater called climb theater it's in minneapolis minnesota Hmm. and uh They were they were one of about 100 different um, organizations like theater organizations that were looking to cast a bunch of actors for their like summer programming and their school year programming. Uh, And it was the literally the best paying organization by far that was there. And I was so excited. And they told me that, like, if you take this job, you will make thirteen thousand dollars a year and you will have no benefits and you will work. Like basically every day, and I was, i thought I was rich, man. I thought I was like, <laughs> and I was excited. And we—I got there, and we traveled around for an entire year. And they literally worked us to the bone. And there's a reason that there's people there that that for a year and then go on somewhere else. Um, and that's kind of what I did. I, I moved on from there and realized that there's maybe some bigger and better things. But I—I I really did love the work that I did, and it was children's theater. And so we would go in and we these plays in front of these kids. And um, the 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 part that I loved was the performing piece. The hard part was the manual labor and the long nights and the mm-hmm. low pay and all of that other stuff that I didn't realize. But um, I learned pretty quickly that uh, I had a pretty good connection with those kids, even in the small amount of time, even when I wasn't like totally myself when I was playing a different character. I would have some pretty strong connections with kids afterwards. Hmm. Um, But then after uh, I did that for a year, I joined an organization in Minneapolis again that led day long retreats in schools. And so instead of like a 45 minute play, it was a six hour program from music and games and small group facilitation and keynote talks and, Hmm. you know, personal reflection. And it was like very super, uh, very powerful. I'll say that. And I loved that job. And I did that, that paid a lot better and it had great benefits and a great organization. And I was busy and I was traveling. Um, but I, I at one point said, um, about 12 years into that journey, I was like, I just, at some point I gotta get out and see what else is out there for me. I had sort of, sort of reached the ceiling of what I was going to be doing there. And, uh, it was time for me to spread my wings and fly a little bit. And so I, Um, talked to my wife and I started looking around to see what it would look like if I could start my own business and Hmm. my own speaking brand. And um, I did some research and I took some classes and I did some online stuff. And uh, I got my brother, my wife's brother who was working in corporate um, for many years. And I got him to sort of uh, jump ship and join me. And the two of us for the last three and a half years have been grinding away and figuring out Um, how to do this thing, which is creating a full-time speaking business um, on our own without anybody else telling us what to do or where to go or what to say. And it's, you know, between you and I and everybody else who might be listening right now, it hasn't been like sunshine and butterflies, right? Mm -hmm. It's been this roller coaster of, um, you know, I just feel like I've been throwing everything on the wall for the last three and a half years and just trying to figure what is sticking. And as I was saying to you before we got on this, it feels like the last six months have revealed some things to us that, um, are starting, you know, we're seeing what's sticking a little bit more and creating more of a brand and our talks are going from, you know, a C plus to a B minus to a B plus. (laughs) And now we're, we're, we're solidly in the A minus category with some room to grow, but, um, I'm feeling really good with where we're at. And so I I love the fact that we're having this conversation now, even like uh, a year ago. I would probably be having a much different conversation with about what we're doing in our work, business and the connections we're having. But um, yeah,
0: it's been a grind, but uh, we're in a really good place right now. Well congrats for pushing through that because the resistance in my experience is so high to working with schools. It's not easy and I'm sure there's more complex organizations or markets out there to try to partner with. I can't imagine them. So congrats to you for pushing through that. And obviously I'm sure there's a thousand more bumps and bruises and current challenges, but, um, I think it's awesome that you've been sticking with it. And I I think as you're, as you're sharing that, I'm what, what is it about students for you? Like, like that does it, that does something for you when maybe you're going to say, it's just a, it's just a market opportunity. It's where you feel like you have some street cred or I'm just curious, Like, what is it about students? What is it about schools? What is it about that yeah, entire dude. environment that really gets you? Uh,
1: I, and the, the truth is, like the, the easy answer to this is to be like, I just love students and I've yeah. always connected with no, them. I can't stand and, students. What about you? <laughs> if you ask anybody that knows me, they would confirm this. I'm really bad at about a million things in this world and just so happens the one thing I'm good at is connecting with young people. And mm. I don't know why always been good at like when i was at the school I, I went to a catholic school growing up it was k through eight and i my eighth grade year they would just follow me around on the playground like with like the little piper no way yeah the little yeah and like i would and I, I i don't know why i loved it i just loved it i don't know if i love the attention or if i love yeah. you know um you know just hanging out with that energy but i would have teachers pull me aside and be like you are so good with kids hmm. and i didn't know exactly what that meant and i was like yeah. sure thanks so much whatever and, uh, and, and on top of this, so I'll give you the long story and I'll try to condense it a little bit, but, um, I was a really good athlete growing up mm-hmm. and, um, by the time I got into ninth grade, they were sort of like ready to start having me play varsity in a couple different sports. And, mm-hmm. um, when life sort of punched me in the mouth and, uh, I suffered a, like kind of a career ending back injury. I had a stress mm-hmm. fracture in my lower back and they told me that, you know, football and basketball for sure were no longer a possibility. Baseball, I could still play, but uh, until it healed basically and so I end up trying out for a play about hmm. a year later because sitting on my own doing nothing and I was just down and I was out and I was brooding and I was blaming everyone and I was bad and all of a sudden I'm sitting in my second hour English class a year later as a sophomore and Wendy Short Hayes I remember to this day she came in and she was recruiting actors for the upcoming musical, And I was like, wait a second. I've always kind of wanted to do something like this, mm. but I've never had an opportunity, but now I'm not playing sports and sort of against every voice in my head that said, you're going to fail. You're going to get laughed at yada, yada, yada. I right. ended up trying to play and I got a part. And the moment I stepped on that stage, I was just like, this is, this is where I'm supposed to be. And mm. two years later, gets to the point where I can, I can play again. And I had to choose, stick with theater or go back to football because I couldn't do both. And right. I stuck with theater I did it all the way through high school. It was my major in college. And oh, I right. always tell kids, there's like a 0% chance that I would be standing in front of them today if it wasn't for that injury, right? So that's a story of resilience. Totally. Pushing through all that. But the, the, the kind of go full circle back to your question is like, I was always told that I was great with kids. Hmm. And all of a sudden, I found this performance thing that I was good at. So, like, okay, I'm talented at this. I'm passionate about that. And in my experience, that's the combination, right? When people say, what's my plan? What's my purpose? I always say, what are you great at? What you're passionate about? And figuring out how you can combine those to somehow serve and make Mm -hmm. our world better tomorrow than it is today. And for me, the performance piece plus the kid piece just turned Mm -hmm. out like, motivational speaking, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's, that's it. And, uh, yeah, I just feel super like lucky that I found that yeah. because I don't know what I would be. Doing if I wasn't
0: doing this, you know? I, maybe this is too obvious of a question, but what about your theater background do you bring into communication in terms of speaking and connecting with kids?
1: You know, it's really interesting. Um, you would think it would just be like the performance piece yeah. But I honestly bring the failure piece. Um, my senior year, they did West Side Story. Huh. And at this point, I was kind of a big deal in the theater community at, you know, my, my high school. And yeah. everybody was like, oh, you're going to be the main guy. The main guy in that play is Tony. Mm-hmm. And I, I was going to Tony, right? I was the senior, right? Mm-hmm. I had the part. I looked the part. I could sing the part. And I didn't get Tony. I didn't get, like, any of the main characters. I got Whoa. the third guy on the left. And, um <laughs> As humbling of an experience as I've ever gone through, and uh, I, I bring that to uh, a lot of what I do. Just remembering that um, that that along with like sort of any sort of like greatness that comes along with your life, there's also a sense of humility that needs to be there too. My my talk coach. Uh, said, you need to be two things when you're speaking to an audience. You need to be extraordinary and ordinary at the same time. And Mm. there's plenty of times in the theater world and all the rejection that you go through as you're going out for films and commercials, like for every hundred things you audition for, you might get one, right? So It's constantly rejection and Mm. constant humility. And uh, I sort of bring that to the table, I think. And that's one of the (laughs) the things I get complimented on the most is like, dude, you're just kind of a good guy and you're, you seem real and authentic mm. and, um, and so I, 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 like those are the compliments that like sort yeah. of really like hard for a long time because I think there's a lot of people that can be good on a microphone and can perform, but then, you know, they're not the same guy afterwards or the same gal afterwards or what it may be. And uh, I try to really be the same guy that I'm on the microphone that I am like, even in this conversation
0: right now. Yeah. I've never, Joe, I've never seen you speak. I look forward to it. What's, what, what would I expect to see? Like, what's your, what's your tone? What's your style? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, yeah, it's great. Um, so one of the things
1: I learned when I was working for that organization in Minneapolis for 12 years, it was called Youth Frontiers. It okay. was the importance of kids over, knowing full well they were coming in, going, this is going to be the dumbest six hours Absolutely. of my life. We right. spent yeah. the first two hours talking about nothing except <laughs> music games and jokes and oh yeah by the way here's why we're here and it was all of that two hour time that allowed us to be heard later in the day and so when you're coming into my talk now I try to incorporate some of that same mindset although I don't have six hours right I have 45 minutes or an hour yet I use the first three minutes four minutes five minutes to invest in connection and so as kids are coming in music is playing I'm on the microphone I'm kind of Joking with them, I'm trying to find the cool kids in the crowd that I can, you know, kind of win over and just kind of like messing with them a little bit. Um, we do uh, like I have like I have kids come down and dance, um, I'll, or I'll lead like uh, a dance together. I'll get some kids to come down and do the YMCA, uh, and so like the first ten minutes, maybe even fifteen minutes, maybe too long. Maybe I spend too much time <laughs> on this. But, yeah, um, it's an important part to me that that's what I build that in, and then from right off like we go right from there right into story um i don't talk about my like i don't talk about who i am and where i'm from i don't i don't yep. do an kind of intro i just right into boom it was the year was 1997 yes. i was a senior and just right there because um i know and this is a great time for us to be talking about this that story trumps yes. stats 150 percent of the time yes. and um, and so I use story right out right off the bat to win them over. And so you're there. It's exciting. The music is loud. You're laughing. You're connecting all of a sudden. This isn't as dumb as you thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. And then I get in right to a, that connects to their heart um, and so, nothing too heavy or too crazy, just something. Yeah. And I set up kind of wow, here and depending on the grade and the group, I have different talks for different groups, okay. but always they start with story. And I use story throughout the entire talk um, in different bits and pieces uh, just to kind of bring them back in because like I said, story yes. is the single number one way to, um, to get your content
0: heard at the end of the day. It's so funny you say that because I, I agree 100%. And when and there's an occasion where I'm going to speak somewhere, then typically someone will say, hey, how do you want me to introduce you? <laughs> and lately I've been saying, please don't. <laughs> <laughs> no, please please yeah, don't. Guess what? You're going to thirty seconds to say anything. Yes. You're, just give me the microphone. You're going to kill the moment. Yeah. You're going to kill all the momentum that I just got. And
1: I had a guy the other day. I won't mention any names or cities or towns or schools, but <laughs> but it was last Tuesday at nine. Exactly. He may have been glasses, and he may have been thirty-four years old. Uh, but, you know, he uh, gets on the microphone, and he was like, "Listen." We got a guy here now that's here from Minnesota. We didn't pay all this money for him to come out here. Get off your cell phones oh and gosh. show him the respect.
0: And then he hands me the microphone and it's oh just God. dead. Like, I, nice to meet you. Guys. You're like, sorry guys. Sorry about that guy.
1: <laughs> yeah. And it just felt like
0: all the work that I had done to get them to this point. <laughs> Can <laughs> like, I tell you a story about it how adults are lame? Anybody want to hear that story right now? <laughs> <laughs> So you, uh, when you think yeah. about the content and you think about the age demographics, by the way, do you, do, I, I don't know this, I, uh, elementary school, middle school, high school, like what's the, what's the sweet spot for you? Is it any, any of that? The answer
1: is yes. To be yeah, honest okay. with you,
0: we, um, I, I would say if, you know,
1: if you were to say like, what is your sweet spot? Uh, where do the kids connect with you the best? I would say probably like middle school is my sweet spot, but okay. I speak Honestly, about 30% in each of those okay. three levels, elementary, middle, and high school. Um, and part of the reason we do that is because um, when a school is you know, bringing us in and investing the money that they're investing, they want to get the most bang for their buck. And if I can provide programming that's not only going to connect with some of the older kids in their district, but also to be able to bring it into the elementary schools as well, yeah, um, that's a huge sure. win for them. Yeah. And, and while we're there. And so And it allows us from a business standpoint to, you know, if I'm in California, I live in Minnesota. So I like when I can be in a place for more than a day. Mm-hmm. And so if I can be here for days or three days, or even a full week, like in September, I'll be in Sacramento for the entire week. Mm-hmm. And I'll be speaking at all different, speaking to high schools, middle schools, elementary schools, I'll do staff presentations, and I'll do parent presentations nice. We've Sort of created the like a whole menu for it. And, uh, and Yes. Yeah, so, like, there's not real like one group that I specifically focus in on, um, but I would say if there was any that was like maybe the most or the easiest—I don't know what the right word is—but it's mm-hmm. middle school.
0: And when you're speaking to parents and staff, are you also leveraging story in the same way?
1: Even more. Like, I feel like I have mm-hmm. less opportunity to be silly and goofy at the beginning with parents. Like, I've tried to do that before, <laughs> and it just it's kind of square <laughs> peg round hole. <laughs> um, when I saw Jake do stuff from you guys at, uh, CATA, I was super impressed with his ability to get us to, you know, connect and to talk. Now that was yeah. a pretty friendly crowd, to be honest with you. Right. Yeah, uh, ASP directors. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like the people that all love that stuff. But, yeah. um, when I've tried it with parents, it just feels kind of awkward. And so I need to use story almost more because mm. I don't have the ability to do like the music and the games and the mm-hmm. icebreakers. And Yeah, and they're even more powerful stories or they're deeper stories. And Mm. all like my stories, not all of them, there's some stories that I share, some of the wins and like the times where I knocked it out of the park. But I would say 75% of the stories I share are my screw ups, my mess ups, when life has gotten, you know, messy itself. And, you know, whether it's my fault or just life's fault or whatever, I, I share a lot of that, especially with parents and especially with teachers. I think there's a big, Fear that if we don't feel like we're the smart person in the room yeah. or that we have all of stuff figured out that someone's going to see those cracks and they're going to go, he's a phony. And yeah. it's the exact time that they're going to go, he's real. And yeah. so I share the story to the parents about how 12 years ago, my wife was like two seconds away from divorcing me because I was mm-hmm. such a jerk at that mm-hmm. time in our relationship. I share about my, you know, 12 year old daughter who three years ago was diagnosed with childhood depression. Wow. And I talk about the struggle that we've had and how it's really hard to start your own business and travel away mm-hmm. from your family when your daughter is struggling with anxiety mm-hmm. and doesn't want to go to school. And, um, and I think it's that, again, that vulnerability and those stories mm-hmm. that really resonate with adults um, because yeah. they don't see it very often.
0: Yeah, that's right. That's right. Do you... I, mean, I was going to ask you that, anyways. You you just went right there because telling stories about other people is interesting, but telling vulnerable real stories that you've been through—that's, I mean, that's a uh, that's where it's at. That's the bullseye. And one of the things we've been trying to do for the past, I'd say, year and a half, has been to actually train teachers to be better storytellers. And I think, it's an idea. And even math teachers, even science teachers. I you know I pick on them a little bit, but. That's because they keep coming up to me and saying, I don't have any stories. <laughs> um, they do. Yeah, yeah. They do, and, yeah. uh, just, you just haven't thought it, about be, it. Yeah. Again, not to be weird about
1: it, but even more so they need to be because those are the subjects that are hardest to get kids hooked in on, right? Yeah. So it's like, I'm, a, I'm only a math teacher. I don't have stories. No, it's you're a math teacher, and you should be telling stories. You <laughs> yeah. need to be telling yes. Your stories are just as interesting as other people's stories.
0: There is nothing that's gonna wake somebody up like a well-told story. Even better, stories that are vulnerable, real, and relevant. But what stories can you share? We hear all the time from teachers and from leaders, I don't really have any stories. I've got nothing interesting in my life to share. Well, you're wrong. You just haven't taken the time yet to really think about it, to really recall and reflect the stories from your life that would be meaningful and relevant. To the people that you're trying to influence and lead that's why we put together your story library it's a really simple tool you can download and start to remember stories from your life go to the show notes download your story library today and start working on remembering all the interesting fascinating vulnerable and real stories from your life so that you can influence others
1: don't give ourselves credit. And so yeah. like I'd love like we do a breakout and a workshop where we talk about the power of storytelling and mm-hmm. give teachers an opportunity to, you know, think of some things from their life. And so that I'm sure like our presentations are pretty in line. I would love to yeah. see yours. But yeah. you're right. Like just to be able to give people the I think the permission to mm-hmm. tell the stories and the confidence that their stories matter and that, you know, I, I would say like even I would say like even the worst storyteller in the world. Mm-hmm. is better than no story like yes. you can't go wrong right like people yep. are just don't hear that stuff
0: so yep yep i'm gonna write that down joe <laughs> <laughs> when you uh when, i you might not be able to answer this question but because you're going from different states and you're speaking all over but are there are there themes right now that you're really seeing resonate with with schools, with students, with this call it I'm using air quotes this generation. I don't like that term in general, but you know what I mean. Like, are there stories right yeah. now, themes that really connect? Kids these days, right? Uh, yeah, kids yeah days.
1: there's 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 three messages that I share in my high school talk, um, and I don't know if you do show notes or podcast notes or something like that, yeah. but I can yep. share you the uh, a five minute video that we did that summarizes these three phrases, and it's in essence my forty five minute or or hour-long high school talk. Um, And the reason we came up with these three phrases is because, like I said, we tried lots and threw a lot Mm -hmm. of things on the wall. Mm -hmm. The three phrases that seemed to really resonate when you would talk to kids and they would come talk to me afterwards and say, this is the part of the talk that Hmm. I got the most out of. So through trial and error, the three phrases that I think kids these days, and I really do think these days more than ever, but all of us could hear, Mm-hmm. Um, are love you the three phrases I use is love you push through and just look up and if you break those down the topics are um, self-worth resiliency mm-hmm. and human connection and so I, uh, I I use those three phrases and it's so interesting because at the end sometimes I will ask the kids um, okay like if you were to raise your hand and say one of these three phrases connected with you would it be this first one love you and I get yeah. About 30%. And then I'm like, what about push through? Another 30%. Just look up. thirty. You know what I mean? And that only answers to 90%. I know, but yeah. They're 10%. Uh, that are, they're awesome. they're, yeah, they're on their phones. <laughs> yeah, they're on their phones. Exactly. The same thing. I just get done talking about um, But yeah. And so it's, it's like those three sort of like they resonate with different people and different levels. But um, I think we're struggling big time with. Uh, just feeling like our life is not gonna like be in, like, we compare ourselves so much to so many other people and influencers, mm-hmm. and everybody's life is this beautiful, perfect portrait of happiness and all the stuff mm-hmm. they see on people's Instagram feeds. And we start going, Hey, that's not my life, mm-hmm. and my life sucks compared to that life. And we beat ourselves up and we find a focus on all the things that we're not, mm-hmm. and the love you is just a call for people to stop focusing on what you're not and start seeing what you can be. And no, you might not ever have what they have and you might not ever look like they look and, but guess what? They don't have what you have and you have something that's pretty amazing, but you got to see it and you got to look for it and you got to commit to it and you got to share it. And so I, I always talk about just that that part of it, the self worth that you're enough. You Mm. don't have to have the stuff, have to have the grades. You don't Mm -hmm. have to like all that stuff. Great, don't get me wrong, go yeah. for it. But you're not because you get it. You're yeah. enough just at the baseline. Like I always say to kids, even at your stage, you're enough. Um, and so that piece really seems to resonate. There's a lot of kids who don't feel that they are or that they ever match up, um, and then push through is just this call to like, life's gonna punch you in the mouth, right? We all have it. Like yeah. I share my story about my back here, and and I always say like that's a fraction. Of, some of the pain and trauma that some mm. of you in this room have dealt with right? right like a back injury like talk about that's nothing compared to yeah. Yeah. you know some of the messages you probably hear and that I hear from kids afterwards it's and so um yeah. I, but I use that as this like you always got two choices right and mm. living in the low and asking why me is one way to go and mm-hmm. finding a way to grow and asking now what is another way and Um, I talk about like, well, why me? Like when life punches you in the mouth, Mm. why me is a pretty okay question for a bit. At some point, fog's got to lift and you got to realize that life isn't meant to be lived in that spot. Mm. And so I challenge them when it's ready, when they're ready, whenever their time is, to seize the opportunity to find a way to grow and look for the door Mm. and the opportunity that's on the other side of the door. And I talk about sometimes that door doesn't reveal itself until you get punched in the mouth by life right? That's right. Um, and then the last piece is just look up, which is the importance of human connection. We are starving for mm-hmm. human connection nowadays. Yep. There's no doubt that there is a correlation between anxiety, depression, suicide, self-harm, all of those statistics going up yep. while at the same time, human connection is going down. There's a co- It's not a coincidence, I should say. Uh, yep. and so talk about the importance that I, you know, like technology ain't going anywhere. So I'm no. not saying we're going to hell in a handbasket and we should throw these phones in the river and life yep. is better without them. Like <laughs> many ways lives are way better, yeah. but if all every day we're on these screens, we're missing out on something that we're wired to be, mm-hmm. which is in connection with other people. And when we don't have that, we start feeling this deep sense of loneliness and we feel like we're the only ones who are struggling. And that's where a lot of this anxiety and stress and,
0: you know um
1: self-harm All kind of it resides many much of it not all of it but a lot of it like starts and that's the foundation of it is lack of mm-hmm. human connection so that's the third message of just looking so, up and being each other and noticing each other and how powerful that can be
0: that's so good and i'm definitely want that video to link to the show notes for sure um joe i'm curious if you could This is kind of a silly question. Maybe it's a little uh, Avengers question. If you could snap your fingers and change things that are happening inside schools, what comes to mind? Um, I would right now if I was a superintendent and I had an
1: unlimited amount of budgets or a budget that I have, I would invest heavily in my teachers. Number one, I would the best. I would let them know a how much uh, they mattered to me as a I think teachers are just—they're. It's not even that they're underappreciated. They—they they just work so hard, and sometimes they do it what what they feel is for naught, right? They—they mm-hmm. they just don't get the. They all just want to be recognized. We want to at least know that our work matters and that we're appreciated. And I feel like that's missing. Along mm-hmm. with, I, I would give okay. teachers more control over their classrooms and give them mm-hmm. the autonomy to do what they got into this profession to do. And of course, you don't lose the academic piece along with that. Uh, I actually think you enhance the academic piece along with that because when a teacher is passionate about what he or she does, it shows we all have that teacher or teachers from our life Mm -hmm. where I could literally right now who that teacher was that cared, who was passionate, who was enthusiastic, and you would, with a snap of the fingers, be able Mm -hmm. to tell me who that person or coach was. those teachers all exist in every teacher, but yeah. they get kind of sucked out of it and um, out of them. And, and, and teachers start sealing what the what was a calling and they start seeing it as a job. Yeah, and right. um, I would start first and foremost by reinvigorating my staff and spending the time and the energy and the financial investment to make sure that they knew their work mattered and that mm-hmm. I trusted that they were going to do amazing things in their classroom. And then, um, yeah, that's, that's where I would start. And I think that's, that's like a great place to go from there.
0: Yeah. Well, you've been, you've been at this for three and a half years. Obviously your story has been shaped by so many years before then, but if, if you could predict, if we, if, if we checked in with you three and a half years from now, like when you had your ideal scenario, what's, what's life look like?
1: Um, life looks like a little bit of what it looks like now, but maybe just not as much. Um, <laughs> I'm up the road, uh, ninety to hundred days out of the year, um, and wow. that can. And, and that I'll be honest with you, as you know, you're starting your business, and as we're growing, wow. um, there was too many nights and too many months where I was looking at the credit card statement, which had a lot of uh, copy on it, and my calendar, yeah. which had very little copy on it, <laughs> and I was trying to figure out how to make those ends meet. Yeah. And so now the fact that we're busy and we've gotten to this point where we've been able to speak at a couple bigger conferences and be mm-hmm. able to fill our calendar, I'm really really lucky, and I'm not complaining. Yeah. Um, but I'm busy, and we're we're going and we're moving. I'm in a different airport, in a different airplane, in a different city almost every week. Mm. Um, and I see, and I never want to lose that. I love it. I love all of it. I love the hustle. I love being in front mm-hmm. of the kids. I love the team. I love that. Mm-hmm. I don't want to lose that. But I also don't want to miss out on my kids. I have three kids yeah. myself, right? Yeah. So I don't want to miss out on their world and their life. And um, i got to be a good husband. I have, to, I have all these responsibilities at home. So I see me doing this, but just a little bit less. And I see me focusing more on online content that mm-hmm. I think allow us to have a broader reach yeah. into schools, not only even all over the country, but all over the world.
0: Mm-hmm. How do we get a hold of you, Joe? How do you, if a school, there's a lot of school leaders listening to this, they want to bring in a great speaker that they can trust. Like, how do we get a hold of you? Um, they can go to my website. It's www.joebeckman.com
1: um, and they can learn as much as they need to learn. Our, our, our site is set up so that uh, it's, not, uh, it's not too little of information, but hopefully yeah. not so much information that you're like, Where, what's going on? Right. So, so <laughs> who is this
0: yeah and he juggles give us a call. dances he sings <laughs> joe was born in a, a small wood when he
1: was desert there. In Arizona, raised by jungle creatures so, um, <laughs> I, uh, I, the website's great and they can email me it's just joe at joe I, I and i really i encourage people to go to our youtube page uh, i wouldn't okay. have been able to say that a year ago but over the last year um we've put out some really great videos that are just sitting there for free and they can use them in their classrooms or in their youth groups or wherever they're at and eventually we don't have it yet but our next step is to create um you know uh basically a hub where all of those live um and other resources that schools and uh student leaders and you know anyone working with youth can can right. use um and subscribe to. And, and that, that will be our next step where, and then those will have lesson plans and all this other stuff that we're going to add on to it. Um, but for now, if people are looking to connect, I would say website, email, Joe at joebeckman.com or uh, go to YouTube.
0: Joe, um, thanks for being on the show, but way more importantly, thanks for what you're doing. The, the diligence, the sweat, the tears, the, the roads, the nights away you're investing in kids and there's nothing more important in my mind. So I'm just so thrilled that we can finally connect and I'm looking forward to more.
1: Yeah, man. And uh, I appreciate that. And I just want to say thanks. Likewise to whoever's listening to this. My guess is there at some point you got a tug on your heart that you wanted to work with kids. You would probably wouldn't be listening to this podcast. Yeah, if you didn't. right. To not just you, Scott, but into uh, your, your team, but every single person who's like listening to this right yeah. now. And I try to say that without being too cheesy or right. no, no. America, honestly, your <laughs> teacher, I think you have the most important job on this planet and yeah. uh, I just uh, encourage you to continue doing what you're doing. And uh, I'm just grateful and humbled by, you know, other people who are doing some of the same work that we're doing. I think it takes a village. So I'm just one part of that village. Everybody else plays a pretty significant role too.
0: Awesome. Hey, thanks Joe. And uh, travel safe. Yeah. Talk to you soon. Thank you. Hey, thanks for joining us for the USchool school podcast. We wanted to let you know that we have a new free mini course that's available for you. It's called the Real Me Course. It's available on our website. Go to theuschool.com forward slash register. Create an account and you'll see the Real Me Course available for you for free. Within three quick exercises, you can get clear about your identity, about who you are, and what matters to you. Let us guide you through video and through interactive prompts for you to figure out and get clear about your real story. So go to theusechool.com and thanks for joining us today.